my very best to get this job that I so crave. Hey. Welcome back to Fan Zone Debate. Uh, we're here for a number one contenders match. Uh, we got Philadelphia, Bill Cariola uh, going up against Brandon Cohen, uh, both having very impressive runs to start their uh, careers here at FanZone uh, in this little rookie uh, bracket we have going on. And then they make their way up to this uh, number one contenders match. Winner of this goes on to play the champion, Mr. Kolkowski. Uh, so lots could happen. I'm interested to see. These guys have differing fighting styles, so it's going to be fun to watch what might ensue. Uh, Brian, how are you feeling about this matchup? Uh, you know, I don't even know what to expect from these matchups anymore. Um, because I, 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 whoever I think is going to win loses points that I, on paper I think I should, would go to one person. Their debate sways me the other way. So I've, I've stopped trying to predict anything anymore, except that Bill's going to make us all go crazy. That's probably true. Uh, Cody, welcome. How are you doing, my friend? And are you excited for the match? Um, I'm excited for the match. I've seen both of these uh, people debate. Um, I think this is going to be an interesting matchup. I think, honestly, at the end of the day, I think both people make an interesting challenge to Kirk. Um, as someone that played him, it's not fun. Um, you'll think about it long nights afterwards, but I think they may have like the differing style to maybe throw Kirk off. So, but they got to get there. So this is an interesting match. It's not a championship. It's not extended. So they have to win in this format. So we'll see how it goes. I think this could go to the final question, though. Yeah. So uh, let's bring in the players. We'll start with Mr. Brandon Cohen. Brandon, welcome. Uh, your little run here, you played uh, Will Cohen in your uh, debut match. Mm -hmm. um, and then you went on to play uh, Tyler Birch in match number two. And now you're here. Uh, how have you felt about the matches so far, and are you excited to play Bill? Um, I still don't know what I'm doing. I still don't remember signing up for this, um, but I keep getting matches, and so I'm going to keep trying to do my best and make people mad. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. All right. Uh, let's bring in Mr. Bill Cariola. Bill. <clears throat> I am dying. That's why I need the water. Uh, Bill, welcome to the match. You're here in a number one contender spot in your debut. Yeah. You up against Chadwick Webb. Don't uh, remind me that still pains me to have to talk about. And then a whole bunch in, of movies in there. In your second match, though, I think the 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 the, the lead here is you KO'd Brooklyn Vale in match number two to get your spot here today. A KO on the record. And uh, against somebody who's, you know, uh, helped kind of create this league, uh, has done a lot of uh, debating in his time. So pretty impressive stat to have. Uh, how are you feeling going up against Brandon? I mean, I shot the wide on that one. I don't know. I, I still feel I still send chocolates to Brooklyn. I felt real bad about that. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I like yelling at people. So this should be fun. So that's fair. Uh, all right, we're going to get into it. Here's how it's going to work. Uh, the players drafted some categories. Then we gave them some questions based off those categories. They're going to debate them tonight before our very souls. Uh, what's going to happen is they're each going to get a one-minute opening, followed by a five-minute free form, followed by a one-minute closing at the end of those questions, uh, at the end of that debate. Brian, Cody, and I will write on our handy-dandy boards and or paper uh, <clears throat> who we thought won that question. Um Best two out of three wins the point, uh, and 
first person to three points wins the match. So if we are tied coming out of the four uh, prep questions, there will be a bonus question to decide the match. So players, any questions as we get into this? Nope. Cool. Let's do it. All right, we are going to kick this off with question one, which was drafted by Bill in the category of a Star Trek. And the question is as follows. What is the best performance from a Star Trek villain? Uh, so, Bill, because you drafted this, you get to go first. You're going to have 10 seconds to – or 10 seconds. Jesus. You're going to have longer than that, Bill. You're going to have one minute. To open I mean, I'll eye. take 10 seconds. I can slam dunk it in that time. I will come in <laughs> when you have 10 seconds left to give Fair you enough. a warning. Uh, so, okay. one minute, Bill, when you start talking. There's been a lot of great Star Trek villains. I mean, we could go on and on. But if we're going to talk about performance-based, I can think of none better than Christopher Plummer in Undiscovered Country. Um, I don't know if you've seen that guy's resume. Uh, his trophy cabinet's got more hardware than a Home Depot. Uh, the man's fabulous, and he is just... Every moment he is in that movie, he is just working circles around everybody else in that cast. Even David Warner is having some trouble keeping up. He is just so cool. He is so iconic. Uh, he is completely unlike any Klingon that has ever existed, uh, whereas all of them usually have those bad wigs. Uh, he was like, no, 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 no. Uh, they completely tear out a very unique looking character, and it really allows that performance to shine through. It is just so good. He is so lovely he is cunning he is suave he just dominates the screen every time he shows up christopher plumber time okay uh brandon you now have one minute to open your argument when you start talking so there have been countless iconic sci-fi movie villains darth vader mr smith and khan these three are some of the you know they're on the mount rushmore of movie villains and the reason they're up there it's for different reasons. For Darth Vader, it's the iconic mask. It's the set pieces for Mr. Smith. But for Khan, it is the performance by Ricardo Montalban that makes it stand out more than others. There's, like I said, countless movie villains in sci-fi movies. And to be honest, a lot of them just kind of blend together. But the way Ricardo Montalban brings to it is this man fueled by vengeance. He's sympathetic. You kind of agree with him at times. He's so hateful. He's not just trying to take over the world. It's personal, and he brings that with him. It just He brings something to this character, this wounded pride, and you see a character that's relatable, and that's all through his performance, and that's what fuels this movie. Time. Okay. All right, so Plummer versus Montalban. You guys have five minutes of freeform. When one of you starts talking, please remember not to talk over each other, and when we do get to the one-minute warning, I will throw that up on screen for you guys. Have fun. I mean, if you're relating to a uh, ge uh, a genetically engineered uh, like crazy person, we're gonna have to have a talk about that. Well, we've all been cast out. We've all been left behind. We've all been felt wronged by someone. You know, he, he was left alone, left on a planet for three years by Kirk, stewing in his hatred. We've all, you know, not necessarily being genetically modified, but we've all been there. We've all, you know thought about getting revenge on some we've all thought about 
and just like sit in that anger and that anger eats you alive. And he really brings that to the character. You really feel this guy who felt like he's been wronged and wants his revenge. The thing is, though, the thing your movie is remembered for is the big swerve of Spock dying. And it's the movie as a whole, not necessarily Montalban's performance. Because while he's doing an admirable job, he leans too much into the ham at times. And he is just not of the same caliber that one Christopher Plummer is. Because he is commanding every scene that he's in. Whereas usually it's circumstances in your movie that are driving that movie. It's not necessarily what he's doing. There's times where he's just overdoing it and he doesn't know when to reel it in. And you can't even blame it on the director because Nicholas Mayer directed both of those movies. And he got a much better performance out of Christopher Plummer because Christopher Plummer is fucking a G when it comes to acting. And you could see it. Yeah, but I mean, it's not, it, it is the movie, but it's the movie is known. It's the wrath of Khan. Like, yes, you know, Kirk di or Spock dying um, is one of the more memorable moments of that. But it's all brought around by this mastermind. Yeah, he hams it up at times. But at some certain times, he also is absolutely terrifying because it's genetic modified. He's smarter. So he's able to kind of reel it in at times and be scary. And then he's able to kind of explode. He has that, you know, kind of that range of working at both. Yes, but Plummer does it better. I mean, when, as soon as we meet him, he is unlike any other character we've really seen. He is very calm. He's very cool. He's very smart. He's very calculating. And he's actually very suave. And just everything about him is purposeful and just commanding. Like, you just want to see more of him. And the film suffers when he's not in it because he is the most compelling thing about his movie. Whereas the most compelling thing about your movie is more Kirk's struggle with him going over the whole unwinnable scenario and him having to give up his best friend and the big funeral at the end. It's more of the story, not so much the performance. Whereas in my movie, universally, Christopher Plummer is the reason to go back and watch that movie based on just about every single review in existence. Because especially in the... The courtroom scene, that's how you ham it up and do it right. Like that whole scene wouldn't have felt out of place if you would have put it in it like any other courtroom drama. And that's because Christopher Plummer is acting his ass off in this film. And it just shows all over that cellular. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. It's just, for me, I just go off of iconic moments. Like, like when it comes to, because I've seen a lot of sci-fi movies and Christopher Plummer was great. But it's just a lot of it blends together. So, yes, there was these moments that the movie has, but it all comes back. Like I said this before, it all comes back to, to Khan. Like, you know, it, it, being able to draw, to drive Kirk to madness and yell, Khan, like it's all this guy driving him to madness. For me, Christopher Homer is great, but it's just, it suffers that it kind of just it's not the performance's fault but it kind of just devolves into another star trek villain like i had it when you said mr christopher Palmer, i had to remember like okay which star trek is that from for uh, when, when you think star trek 2 you don't have to say the wrath of khan you think of the wrath of carter mondavon you just remember though they just go hand in hand it doesn't kind of you remember the death of kirk or, or you remember the death of spock you remember the whole unwinnable scenario. You remember those character moments, not so much Montalban, because while he's doing a good job, 
he's just he doesn't know when to reel it in and play it subtle whereas everything about christopher Plummer is just beauty and subtlety and just just chef's kiss evil like the whole he doesn't even say like fire weapons little finger little finger wag while he's just carting off all of his shakespeare quotes it is just all it is a smorgasbord of just how to do a fantastic villain and he is knocking it out of the park every time he steps up to the plate i'm sorry like while your movie is great and it is probably the best but it's not best movie it's best performance and it goes to christopher Plummer. time all right brandon we're going to close with you first you get one minute to close your argument when you start talking So he keeps saying not best movie, but in a sci-fi movie, everything, the, everything relies on the villain. So yeah, I have the better movie, but that is because of the better villain. You cannot have a, of a movie that stands the test of time without having someone driving this driving force like Ricardo Montalban does. He is, he, he is calculated. He is, smarter than them so he is knows exactly you know the right moves uh, to make he is terrifying he is um sympathetic at times you know we've all felt cast out before we've all felt thrown aside and ricardo montalban really brings that hatred you can feel it you can relate to him yeah i'm not a cybernetic you know i mean i am but not everyone is else is so you really feel that hate. You really kind of connect with the character. And it's not just a guy trying to take over the world. It's a guy who really makes it personal. Time. Okay. Uh, we'll go over to Bill for his closing. One minute when you start talking. Now, I know you keep harping on how great your movie is. And while your movie is great, the question is not what's the best movie. It's what's the best performance. And while Montalban's doing a fine job, Nicholas Mayer obviously clearly got a much better performance out of Christopher Plummer. Everything about that character, right down to the look, is calculating. It's unique. And he is iconically rememberable. Every scene he is in, like the second he meets Kirk, he sizes him up. He figures him out. And he knows exactly what he's going to do. And he, Kirk falls right into his master plan. Every time that guy's on scene, it is just like a masterclass on how to be evil, but without having to overdo it, without having to do this whole oh, stabbing at the dog, I stab at thee, and just melodrama hamming it up where Plumber's only giving you a little slice of ham. He knows when to do, but he also knows when to dial it back. He also knows when to be subtle, and that's why this is just one of the best Villain performances in any Star Trek movie. Ask any Star Trek fan. They're going to tell you Christopher Plummer is just a fucking amazing villain. Time. Okay. All right. I'll bring in the judges. <clears throat> I haven't been here in a while. Can you repeat the question for me? <laughs> the question was, what is the best performance from a Star Trek villain? I will say this did not go into my judging, but I'm halfway through Undiscovered Country right now, which is so kind good. of I so kind good. of forgo- <laughs> I kind of forgot this was happening tonight. Oh well, I, knew it was I forgot this was the <laughs> They're all mad. That's what we in Are you good, judges? Yep. Okay, I'm gonna go first. Uh, I went with Bill. Um, I thought that Bill did a really good job of. Uh, 
kind of drawing that line of like where Montalban is good, but he kind of can't like he hams it up a little bit too much. But Plummer's got this like being super evil without needing to like overdo on the performance side of things. And I and I think he kind of had this kind of from the get go. There was there was no point really where Brandon was able to make an argument to me about why the performance of Montalban was better than the performance of uh plumber in the argument. But uh Cody, you look like you're going to tell me I'm wrong. Maybe. I don't know. No, he tasks me. He tasks me. Um, I think Bill did. I don't agree with Bill, but I voted for I Bill. Voted. And the reason why I don't agree with it. He threw like a lot of deflections at Brandon and Brandon had to like fight around to get to his question. Like the answer to his question, because he kept throwing movie and kept going to Spock's death, getting him completely off of what the performance really was. And I think I think it's a smart move because if you're going to compare the two performances, he probably had the upper hand of picking Khan. Um, but to be able to make him battle through stuff that wasn't a part of the question and use all his time debating stuff that didn't matter, Bill was able to. Uh, Show Plummer is the better answer at that point. So, yeah, Brian, where would you have voted? Oh, uh, first of all, I think these were the two correct choices. I, these, these are the probably ones I should have chosen. Um, I think that Brandon did a great job of supporting an argument on why Khan, as a character, is the better villain. However, when it came down to performance, I really think that uh, Bill hit a lot better home as far as you know uh, uh, what Christopher Plummer did in his performance, in his uh, portrayal of the character, in the subtlety and the nuance that he used. Um, whereas I didn't hear as much of that from Brandon. Okay. All right. Uh, so uh, Bill This hurt wins. my person. I love both these movies. This hurt me. Uh, <laughs> Bill wins the first <laughs> point. Um, and we are going to move on to the next question, which was drafted by Brandon. It is in the category of Oscars. And the question is, what non-fandom film that won visual effects in the 21st century has the visual effects that hold up the least? That was a wordy one, but I think you guys figured it out. So, Brandon, you get to kick this one off. You got one minute to open your argument when you start talking. All right, so this is a weird question, which is what I wanted when I picked this category. Um, and it kind of took a little, like, of me looking back and looking at the interpretation of it. because. I mean, in this century, like the year 2000 is not that long ago. So all these movies look honestly pretty good. And there's not very many that aren't fandom. So it only left us a couple. So the way I looked at it was more as like, which hold up as in the least impressive special effects. And when I came on with was Gladiator. Now, I know that sounds controversial because Gladiator is amazing. And I'm not saying it's not amazing. I'm just saying if Gladiator came out today... I don't even think it's going to be nominated for visual effects because what it uses visual effects for is not um, explosions, not giant talking polar bears. It, the main visual effect is just Rome. It uses this visual effects just to build the city. And we've seen that countless times since then. So it's just not as impressive nowadays. Um, okay. Uh, we're going to move on to Bill. Bill, you have one minute to open your argument when you start talking. 
So while prepping for this argument, I decided to knock the dust off my PS2 and watch the loading screen movie that is the fucking Golden Compass. This was laughable when it came out. This movie looks like Jack-Jack from The Incredibles looks less digital than this horseshit film. Nothing at any point in time of what I am watching do I believe is actually happening in front of me. I'm not even sure Sam Elliott and fucking Daniel Craig were actually there. And they're actual human beings. It is just painful to watch this thing. Also, they've now since done it better on Netflix with um, one third the budget. So go figure that out. So the fact that this came out in 2007 and it looks like it came out in 1996 speaks volumes for how poorly this thing is aged. This is aged like milk in a saucer on a roof in Arizona in August. That's how bad this is. This movie blows. <laughs> Die. <laughs> Jesus. All right, guys. Uh, five minute free form, and one of you starts talking. So I got. I got. I got. I got to start with a question. Do you, do you do you like movies? I love movies. You're fucking gladiator. You gonna tell me gladiator doesn't have effects that hold up? It was, I mean, you have to admit there was like four movies that they cut us to. So it was, it was slim pickings. But the way I'm looking at it is. Just compare it to everything else. If 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 I gave you a list of of of, of, of awards and you said, okay, obviously it was nominated for best picture, obviously best actor, obviously maybe cinematography, but special effects isn't what you think of. The special effects are the are building the building the cities. They're building the audiences. Things like that are easily done today. It's done in every single movie. So like it's just this is not as impressive when it's just. Like building a city, maybe a fake tiger here and there. You know, they don't. There's much more to go off. I, I, I mean, I don't think the polar bear, you know, and, and some of the effects that they do look that. They're obviously not as good as the HBO one. Don't get me wrong, but they don't look that bad. It's just they don't look it, that it, it's bad. More obvious of why they got nominated than Gladiator. Gladiator just doesn't do enough to be like this is a effects movie, dude. The Golden Compass is literally shitting in my mouth and saying it's a Sunday. If those polar bears looked any worse, they would be opening up fucking Cokes. That's what they look like. I'm pretty sure it's the same company. And the thing about your movie is the special effects are subtle. Here's the thing. Practical effects always beat CGI nine times out of ten. And they are doing wonderful composite shots. So they, what they are taking is actual tigers, actual people, filming them separately, putting them together almost seamlessly so you can't even notice anytime you see anything far away the cgi is minimal at best the golden compass over relies on it because they can, you obviously you can't have four polar bears fighting and so they gotta just pop up this goddamn saturday morning cartoon in front of me it's it's terrible and i can't believe i'm about to say this sentence i cannot for the life of me figure out how the golden compass lost to the order of the phoenix I, I can't believe the Order of Beast didn't win over this because when I watched that, I'm like, oh my God, this house split apart. I believe every minute of that more than I believe these two Coke bears are just like arguing over Santa and fucking this Coca-Cola like commercial. It's just like mind-boggling to me. Yeah. You're, tell me what about that looks like. Anything in the Golden Cup is right. Fucking fantastic. There you go. Tell no, me. not fantastic. Nothing is good in that. Not fantastic, but I think it's not as like I'm saying. The way I was looking at this question was that was was holding up, and yeah. it's just it's just you say subtlety. It's just not impressive. Like Gladiator is just watching movies nowadays. 
like you like like they do the composite shots they do make it look you know even like clash of the titans which was the same uh, effects guy looks that makes more sense for me you know not not as good of a movie that makes more sense to me that got nominated that got nominated than gladiator does because there's just much more to go in this is the oscars for visual effects yep they don't usually do subtlety all these movies that win it's never just like oh they've added a wrinkle to a guy's face no it's always they added, you know, CGI. They added big, big purple uh, talking Thanos. They they added all these things, and that's what the Oscars has always been. It's always, it, it's always celebrated that. So uh, then when you go back and you get subtlety like this, it just doesn't hold up with those all those. I compared every this to the future all the future winners, and Gladiator's yeah. just like really like it's yeah, probably Gladiator one of the best movies out of all stunning of them. and violent as hell, and it's. Ridley Scott is directing the hell out of this goddamn thing. Not to mention when this award was created, the first movie that won it was American Werewolf of London. Zero CGI. That shit looks phenomenal. And nine times out of ten, I'm going to drive this point home. Practical effects will always beat CGI. When you were in the Coliseum and you were watching these fights, you were immersed in it. Like, I get lost in it. When a movie has bad CGI and it's just a bad movie which the golden compass is i can't get behind anything like i love the first spider-man movie but the effects in that movie some of it wasn't good for the time but the movie as a whole is fantastic and you can forgive little things there's nothing forgivable in the golden compass from like just the outlandish backgrounds to the cartoonish like animals it is just not pleasant to look at gladiator. I could watch a million times and be like, yeah, that is violent and is bloody. I believe that shit is happening in front of me. It is just a masterclass on how you marry these two different styles together. They don't over rely on CGI, but they are hammering it home with the practical effects. It is stunning to look at. I believe that movie came out today. It holds up. Time. Uh, okay, we're going to go to Bill to close first. You have one minute when you start talking. If I can believe more in Ratchet and Clink as being actual things, your movie didn't do a good job. And the thing about Gladiator is, like, he, he said, like, if that came out to, if the fucking Golden Compass came out today, everyone would laugh that shit out of the theater. People were doing it when the movie came out. I'm sorry. It has not held up well. It wasn't good then. It's far worse now. And when you see what an actual effects house that knows what they're doing can do with the same material, it's amazing. What Ridley Scott and his crew did in Gladiator is fantastic. Any nitpicks are few and far between. By and large, that film looks like it could have just been made today, and I'd be mind blown. It is just glorious, and I I will say it a million times, and I'm going to drive this point home, practical effects will always beat CGI. And Gladiator is marinating in it. And goddamn, if the Golden Compass isn't a goddamn cartoon eyesore, it's terrible. Time. Okay. Uh, I'll bring in Brandon for his one minute closing when you start talking. So, again, I looked at this a different way. I looked at this as which of these held up compared to all the winners. When you think of this, when you think of this category, you think of the melding of CGI with practical effects. You think of all these big, I mean, all the movies we weren't allowed to pick, to be honest. You think of all of the fandom movies. You think of the Marvel movies. You think of all these things. And Gladiator by, is by far probably the best movie out of all the ones we weren't even allowed to pick. 
but for not for the special the visual effects right it, it they used it as a method of building the city that's something we get all the time now most movies are built on green screens so we get that in spades these days it's just i don't think this movie would even be nominated if it came out today it would be nominated for costumes for makeup all things like that but visual effects would not be one of them and i just and i can see my time okay all right uh so i will bring in the judges no i had that right the first time um okay All right, are you guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Brian, you're kicking us off. All right. Uh, well, first, a quick fact check of the 22 eligible movies, only four could not have been chosen: Three Lord of the Rings and Spider-Man Two. The other 16 are all eligible, I think. I don't know about live-action Disney. Is that still fandom? I don't know. Technically, yes. yes. Okay. So, then, so then there's six that couldn't have been chosen out of 22. Um, but anyway, um, I think that this one was one pretty much in the beginning by. Bill, um, mostly not because of Bill's argument, but I feel like Brandon was arguing a whole different question as far as uh, which which uh, movie had the which of the winners had the less impressive uh, uh, special effects. Whereas uh, Bill talked about how his is the actual question is which ones don't still hold up the, the actual visual effects that are in the movie. So my vote went to Bill. Um, okay, I disagree. I think that uh, Brandon. I understood what Brandon was saying about like, um, I thought the point that he made about like saying like, if this came out today, it wouldn't even be nominated. Like that's how bad the visual or effects are. They don't hold up. Um, so I disagree on that point. However, I do agree with you. I did go with Bill. I just thought Bill on the, on the whole was stronger on this one. Um, I thought that Brandon, uh, the way that he came at it coming at it from like a, a less aggressive way, I thought was actually kind of smart. But Bill, the way that he was able to say, like um, when he was saying like, they've even done like a remake of Golden Compass now and the visual effects are better in that with less money. Um, and just that people were like laughing it off when it came out. Um, and he gave examples of other things that year that uh, should have won more. Uh, so Bill just had a lot more, um, into it and honestly the point that kind of drove it home for me was which he said it like a million times but he brought up that it is not just all about cgi effects and that the 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 visual effects and gladiator that are practical uh hold up still to this day um versus uh just the bad cgi and golden compass so i thought brandon did a good job i just thought bill had a stronger argument Cody, uh where are you voting okay so i have a few points so sorry if i'm a little lengthy but um i kind of agree with brandon i think there was only a technically four that somebody could possibly pick from because the rest are so new that it's really hard to argue based on the newer technology that they're they didn't age well over this course short course of time um when you look at the, that way i think benjamin button passed it's pretty hard to choose anything like besides golden compass um second i don't say this i don't say this very often but i think this is arguably one of the best debated rounds that i've seen in a long time bill from start to finish just collapsed it 
The only issue I have to take is with Braden, uh, I think it's an interesting strategy because you picked Gladiator versus Golden Compass, so you had to take it a different path. The only problem I always have with that is the judges may not have to take what the way you're debating it as the effect of winning. Like, just because you challenge it in a different way doesn't mean it always hits for us. And I think we're just the roadmap that Bill was able to create of why it was created, practical effects, visual effects, and then just kept hammering home. It was just super hard to overcome that. And again, Golden Compass is arguably garbage. So I did go with Bill at the very end. But no, I think it was a. It was just really. I I will say, I think this is the first and last time that visual effects will probably be ever be drafted in a uh, in fan zone. <laughs> it is a hard. It is a hard fucking question to debate. Yeah. That it's way. like that arguing way. comedy. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. one's rough. Um, all right, so Bill is up two to zero. Uh, so Brandon does need to hit this next one in order to stay in the game. Uh, the question was drafted by uh, Bill in the category of actors. The question is, which 1990s Christian Slater character? would be the most fun to go out with. Uh, so, um, Bill, you get to kick this one off. You got one minute when you start talking. When I look at what Slater did in the 90s, the one I'm going to go to, and it's probably because it's near and dear to my heart, um, but I'm going with Mark Hunter in Pump Up the Volume because I'm a music nerd. I enjoy myself some music. And there's nothing cooler than a guy that runs a pirate radio station and has phenomenal taste in music. And that is somebody that I could hang out with and we could have some fun. We could just go out, talk about music, maybe go to some shows, uh, hit some record stores. Good chill vibes. That's what I'm looking for when I want to go hang out. And so Mark Hunter is definitely the guy, not to mention, also hilarious. Sure, he's a little bit of an introvert, but once you get him out in the open... The guy is charming. He is smart. He is funny. And Matt, who doesn't want to listen to Ice T and the Descendants all the time? Uh, a plus human being, Mark Hunter. Happy Harry Hard on. Let's fucking go. Time. All right. Uh, we're going to go over to Brandon for your opening. One minute when you start talking. So, Christian Slater's just a, a cool dude. Yeah. I would like to go out with you know him personally, but that wasn't the that wasn't the question. So I chose Clarence from True Romance. Now, sure, he's a weirdo. He talks a lot, but we're all hanging out on the internet debating movies. So we're weirdos. We talk a lot too. So he would fit right in. We would be able to debate all these things, like which characters would win in a fight, or tell us which characters would be most likely to fuck Elvis. He would just be a blast to hang out with. He could throw, he's the type of guy. You could throw back a couple beers with, you could watch a game with, steal a bunch of coke and hang out with hookers with. He's versatile. He's just the type of guy that I would like to hit the town with, shoot the shit with. In any situation, me and Clarence would hit it off. I'm good with my time. All right. Uh, fun fact. Never seen either of these. I know. Uh, yeah. You you would probably love True Romance. I know. Honestly, I, like I own it. I own Tony it on Blu-ray. Tony Scott, Zenith. I own it on Blu-ray. Haven't watched it yet. But uh, five-minute free form of money you start sucking. Here's a funny right. story. Let me tell you this. I got held up at gunpoint once, and somebody robbed me. 
Do you know what that wasn't? Fun. That is not fun. That is so not fun. And Clarence is a fucking problem magnet through his entire film. I don't want to be anywhere near that guy. That is just a recipe for getting fucking murdered, which is what 80% of the people around him had happened. I don't think that's fun. (laughs) But we're not in a movie. So you can control that. You you can control where you go. My question for you is this. Where are you going with Mark Hunter? He's a teenager. Okay, where am I going with Mark Hunter? We're going to go to the truck. We're going to watch fucking Sebado and fucking Dinosaur Jr. kill it. You're going to go fight a fucking pimp? Steal some coke and piss off the mob. Do you hey, really think that sounds hey, like fun? Hey, as a teacher who deals with angsty teenagers all day, the last person I want to hang out with on my day off is an angsty teenager. So I would rather fight a pimp or go out and have all these adventures. Or, you know, you know, have someone to actually connect to. You know, I'm, okay, all jokes aside, I'm not actually gonna go out and steal hooker or steal hookers, steal hookers and do coke, whatever. Uh, you know, I want a guy that I could actually like hang out with, <coughs> connect to. I'm not, I, I, I connect to teenagers on a different level. I see that for work. I want nothing to do with teenagers as you know, at my personal life. So for me, Clarence is just the type of guy that I would hang out with. I'm a weirdo. I like to talk you know, weird shit. I don't like to, you know, fight hookers and you know, pimps and things like that. But the type of guy that I would hang out with would be Clarence. So funny story. Uh, got into a fight one time and got hit in the head with a bat. Not fun. That is not fun. And the people I knew that got me into those situations, guess what I stopped doing? Hanging out with them. I used to know a meth head who thought he talked to Joan Baez. Does that sound like somebody you want to hang around with? Why do I want to hang around with the chuckle fuck that's talking to Elvis? I want to be around this person. He is a calamity. Walk it. Everything he touches, got his dad killed, got his friend killed. Got the cops killed. Got the mob killed. Couldn't even keep track of his own eye. His own wife only barely survived James Gandolfini. I want no part of this human being. Now, Mark, we're going to be chill. Go check out some. We'll run his pirate radio show. You know what we're going to do? We're going to fuck with the school board. Because they're shitheads. Because they're robbing (laughs) kids. Yeah, because they're robbing kids. And you know what? He is a stand-up guy who's doing the right thing. Clarence is fucking around with other people's drugs and money and getting people shot. Mark is trying to shake up the system by pointing out, hey, you know what? What you're doing is totally not right. Guess what? Wasn't. The fucking school board went to jail because they were fucking around. Because they're terrible. And Mark saw that. That is good human being behavior. This is a stand-up guy. I want a guy that's going to help me out through situations like that. I don't want a guy that's going to like pull a gun on me because he thinks I might be working with the cops because he's dangerously unstable. That is not someone I want to be around. Man. I'm sorry. Like I'll take, you know, I know you have your problems, but I also have my problems and I'd rather hang out with a level-headed teenager that maybe just wants to put on some Louie. That's all I'm saying. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I just keep going back to like hanging out with, have you ever actually hung out with an angsty teenager? That's I don't know if you have to get that's not your own. Like it, it's it's just not it, it is it gets old real quick. You, you you get it. You're like, okay, you're mad at the world. You you, you know, you want to stick it to the man, but after a while, you're like, dude, you need to chill out, you need to just relax, you need to just have a good time. And angsty teenagers don't know how to do that, they don't know how to turn it off, and it would just get mm-hmm. old, it would get sick, it would it would get it would, it would be 
you'd be sick and tired of it within 20 minutes of just listening to him go on and on and on. Meanwhile, Mark, we can just throw back. Yeah, but then you know what? Yeah, we'll throw on some stone roses. Like, I know you keep saying, like, do you want to hang out with an actual teenager? Do you want to hang out with some guy whose teeth are fucking bleeding and his eyes are sweating and he's waving a gun around? Because more interesting than life I'm living right now. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I, you know what? I could fucking handle a teenager. I can't handle the fucking mob coming in with guns ready to murder the ever-loving fuck out of me. So I, I'm sorry. Like, I know you have your problems with teenagers. Mark is clearly the better choice to hang out with. You know, you just sit in your basement. You hang out. You relax. Maybe you just throw on some Urban Dance Squad, and that's fine. I don't feel like getting into a knife fight without a knife and maybe ending up dead in a tub. I'm just saying. Time. Sorry, just the way you said tub. Maybe <laughs> uh, we're going to go to Brandon uh, first on this one. Brandon, you get to close. You got one minute when you start talking. Look, I'm looking for some excitement in my life, okay? I need to shake things up. And me hanging out with an angsty teenager who hides in his basement all day is not my idea of shaking things up and having a good time. I want a guy that I can shoot the shit with. I want a guy that I can throw back a couple beers with. We don't need to do all the crazy stuff. Yeah, it, you know, this isn't a movie. This isn't, this is real life, okay? Shit like that doesn't happen. So I want the, I'm looking at the guy. I want the I want the guy who we could just debate movies with, right? Talk about movies, talk about films, talk about music, talk about Elvis, talk about all these things that would be great conversation pieces at a bar. All the other stuff, that's movie stuff. You know, this is real life. So I'm talking looking at the type of guy, the type of personality he has. And that's the type of guy that I think I would get along with. Not an angsty teenager who hides in his basement. I get tons of that every day of my life. That's the last thing I need. I want a dude. I want a dude's dude. And that's Clarence. Time. Okay. Bring in Bill, who has one minute when he starts talking. Sure thing. So here's the thing. I know you're like, you want a little excitement. I hung out with a bunch of old friends of mine once. Didn't know the car was stolen. That was not fun. These things are not fun. I know you want excitement. It's the wrong kind of excitement. And when you get to be my age, you're like, I, I don't feel like getting into fights with uh, like guys who just like think they're alpha males and are going to try to fuck over a whole bunch of people and are just fucking crazy and talking to imaginary friends. That is just nowhere near where I want to be at this point in my life. Meanwhile, I'd rather hang out with a guy. It's like, hey, you know what? I got this crazy record collection. I'm starting my own pirate radio. And here's all the things that are bugging me because I actually have a voice and an opinion. And I actually see some things that are wrong. And I'm trying to do the right thing. And I'm trying to reach these people. I'm trying to maybe like reach out to like other people and connect with them on a personal level, which is what Mark does throughout the entirety of that film. That's the kind of guy I want to be around a stand-up guy who, you know, maybe cares about his fellow man and uh, wants to listen to the descendants because they rule. All right. I'll bring in the judges. You sure? Brian didn't pick this question. <laughs> Where do you uh, think Cody, I got all the studies from? It's from studying for the for the for that match. Cody. Um. Saying. So it's an interesting question because, like, if it was hanging out in the the realm of the movie, Brandon picked the worst choice possible of all Christian player. I'm pretty sure, like, by far. 
But if you break it down to just the character and how you would be hanging out with the character, which is how I took the question. I took the question. Yes, I took the movie, of course, that's what, but I had to take him as a person into the account. Um, I, I think it was a lot closer when you when I broke it down that way. I went with Brandon, actually, because I think when you broke him down as like a person of like hanging out, just chilling, going around, not being a teenager, that is something that I think Brandon would told me of why he would want to hang out with him and why a teenager would be absolute awesome. And best thing is watching Brandon uh, Brian laugh every time he hears anything about a teenager because he's like, yeah, well, I'm with you, kid. But no, I think with Brandon, I think it was a better person. Uh, Bill or Bill, geez, uh, Brian. Bill, Bill, who's your vote go to? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I, way back in my trivia days, I picked '90s Christian Slater a lot, so I was very, very curious to watch. <laughs> uh, see where I went. I, I will say that this time you both missed the correct choice, which is George Cuffs from Cuffs, but nobody's seen that movie but me. So whatever. I saw that movie. Okay, see so you'll watch appreciate San Francisco movie. Um, so yeah, I th- I think that uh, well, I'll tell you right from my vote went to Brandon as well. Um. I think that he did a great job of explaining, you know, why why Clarence would be a lot of fun to hang out with. He's going to talk about movies and comics and music and all this kind of thing. You're going to have fun with him. You're going to have excitement with him. Um, he'd just be a great guy to hang out with. Uh, whereas Bill, I mean, even in his own opening, he, he mentioned that uh, uh, that his person was is an introvert. Mark's an introvert. Um, now he does open up later in the movie, but, you know, he did mention that. Um, but I also think that Brandon kind of hit it right on the nose, which I know Cody mentioned as well in his in Brandon's closing he talked about you know bills bringing up all this movie stuff all the stuff that's specific to these movie situations but if we're just talking about the character not in that situation i think by far clarence is he did a better job pitching clarence my vote doesn't count i also went with brandon uh for pretty much the same reasons you guys did i thought that he framed that in a really interesting way that i didn't even think about but absolutely makes sense and I agree with pretty much everything you guys said. Uh, also, I was waiting for Brandon to be like, dude, why do you want to hang out with a minor? But he never did. Uh, so uh, <laughs> there you go. But um, all right. So it is two to one in favor of Bill. Uh, so once again, Brandon does need to hit this next one in order to send it to the bonus round. So um, the question was drafted by Brandon in the category of the MCU. And the question is, what is the worst scene featuring two or more Guardians of the Galaxy in the MCU? Uh, So, Brandon, you get to kick this one off. You have one minute when you start talking. I hated this question because I spent so long on this question because I love the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're They're my favorite group within the MCU. Every time they're on screen... I just, I love it. Every time they're in a movie, I love it. So looking for the worst moment was very tough to me, but there actually was one that kind of stood out. Now, I love the Guardians because they're they're these deep characters. They're all deeply flawed, but you can laugh with them, you can cry with them, and they do these, they do fun moments of dancing all the time, right? But they also do the, the heavier moments like Yondu's death, which in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 made me cry all three times I saw it in theaters. And when I see it now, when Cat Stevens is playing, you get this that beautiful moment that they're able to capture. Now, one moment they weren't able to capture is the We Are Group moment in Guardians 1. It's just, I think it's just overly cheesy. It doesn't work. 
And it's just a moment that always makes me groan. Time. Okay. Uh, move over to Bill. Bill, you have one minute when you start talking. So believe it or not, my favorite MCU movie is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I adore that series. It's just fantastic. James Gunn is killing it. And when I had to look at what the worst scene was, it's when you take these beloved characters and you give them to a different director that clearly does not know how they work. And then you get the groan fest that is the opening to Thor Love and Thunder. You take these wonderfully well-rounded characters. They are now one note and they are all playing second fiddle to Thor. And it is an unfunny, painful experience. Nothing about it works. None of the jokes land. Everything is just terrible. This is Taika Waititi given into his worst impulses. No one decided to rein him in this time around. And it clearly this movie suffers. It is borderline character assassination. I will not stand for it. It is a pox in humanity. This whole scene. Time. All right. Uh, so we are Groot. Uh, versus the opening of Love and Thunder. Gentlemen, you have five minutes of freeform when one of you starts talking. And uh, I have seen both of these movies, actually. So. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So the opening fight scene is, I'm, I'm taking Jess, I'm, I'm thinking Jess, the sweet style of mine fight scene, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Now, that's the best part of this movie. This movie stinks. This movie stinks. Um, so the it, only, for me, the only redeeming moment is I love seeing the gar I love seeing when they when they pull in a, a, a rock song and you get this this crazy fight scene. So for me, that's the only that's the only redeeming quality of this movie is when Taika tries to go a little bit of Guardians. We're not talking about you know the back and forth for that. We're talking about the fight scene that they're having. So that's really the only like cool moment in this entire movie. For my scene. It's just we're looking like we're getting to this big finale. It's really the only thing that doesn't hit for me. It's we're getting to this big finale, and all of a sudden the scene just comes to a halt. Literally, the slow okay. motion hits. It's okay. overly sappy. The lights are going. The only emotion you get is a little bit on Rocket's face, and then this entire movie we spent two hours teaching us that we he knows only how to say three words: "I am Groot," and yep. none of those words actually mean "I am" or "Groot." But now all of a sudden. He's able to say we are Groot, and he's talking about we. We're talking about his family. So where Be did that come from? Because there to just, just fest. yeah, because just to fill you in, this is the emotional core of the movie unfolding right in front of you. This is the moment where they become a family. They finally are together. Groot is making a sacrifice to save his new family, and it kills Rocket. And you see it in his face. And then here comes the branch basically let them know it's going to be okay like we are a family you know what my scene doesn't have fucking any of that you talked about how your whole movie it's like oh they're doing this fun stuff they're running around they're getting into fights they're taking down like like this huge like uh fucking i don't care about the villain from the first one because he's kind of forgettable lee, lee pace is fine but like not in this because like they outsmarted him with dance which is great because that's the whole character beat in my movie, not only are they unfunny, they are unnecessary. They all look like fucking dorks because they're getting their ass kicked. They can't do anything. And Thor comically comes in and does the unfunniest shit I've ever seen. And they look like they're assholes compared to him. I get it's his movie, 
But like, why would you do that? We've watched two or three movies where this is a capable team of good fighters and wonderful characters. And we got nothing from that. Nothing. They do nothing of sustenance in this scene. They are there as background dressing to be shit on and made to look like goofuses because Thor's got to make a half-assed Van Damme joke. But we're not we're not talking about usage. We're talking about scene in general. And yours is an opening scene. Yours doesn't need emotion. Yours just needs to be this big set piece full of explosions and rock music to get the movie kicked off on a on a good note. And that's the only thing it does. It gets the movie kicked off on a good note. My movie, you even said it goes straight from that into a dance off to save the universe. It and doesn't let my movie my, my movie doesn't let my moment doesn't get to breathe at all. You get that moment, it goes, oh, and then it crashes down. Two seconds later, they're dancing. Then you get Rocket holding it, looking sad, which was good in the moment. On rewatch, it's just like it doesn't hit as much because we know, surprise, two seconds later, he's baby Groot. The moment doesn't get to breathe at all because he's back. There's actually a wonderful moment in your movie where he is sad, he is sitting there, and then we have Drax, who is the most unemotional person, actually tenderly put his hand on him and you see him try to resist that moment does get a chance to breathe and that is like where we watch these guys become a family and it's fun that whole scene it's ridiculous but it's fun but they save the day because that's what good teams do what they don't do is look like a bunch of fucking jerk offs to this swedish idiot or whatever i don't care what thor's nationality is but like he is a fucking goofus and now these guys look like dorks and they're just doing nothing funny. They are useless. And I'm sorry, like, nothing about this scene works. They don't work in this scene. They just feel like added extra nonsense that doesn't need to be there. Also, point of order, best part of the movie is Christian Bale, because no one told him he was in a bad movie, just to be clear. Um, well, actor wise, sure. Yeah, but we're no, talking again. The whole best. I think we're getting away from it. We're talking about scene. You took the fight scene. The fight scene is the scene with Thor coming in. The fight yeah. scene is with the loud music. Yeah, and my scene isn't the extra stuff. I was adding the extra stuff in because since now that we know Groot comes back on rewatch, the scene doesn't work as well. In the moment, it works fine, but on rewatch, it doesn't work as well. The we are Groot gets worse every single time because it's like, where did this come from? He's never said we are Groot ever again, and he probably never will. He never said That's any of those makes... words. It just doesn't it, on rewatch. Mine doesn't stand the test of time. Yours. I'm... When I'm people sorry. watch that movie, they'll think of that opening scene. They'll think yeah. of just that, you know, the uh, Guns N' Roses coming in and Thor kicking ass, and then they'll probably turn the movie off because of they'll it. think about Christian Bale and they'll think about November Rain, which is the better use of the song and the better scene. Like they won't think about the Guardians of the Galaxy because they're like, wow, I feel like we got gypped out of a good movie because I thought we were going to get Thor hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Instead, they 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 fuck around for five minutes, look like a bunch of assholes, and then fuck off because they don't want to be in this film. Upon watching yours again. I teared up, even though I knew it was coming. We Are Groot is like the perfect core. It is the emotional center of that film. That film doesn't work without it. All right, uh, Bill, you get to close first. You have one minute when you start talking. We Are Groot is a fantastic scene in that movie of an already fantastic movie. It It lands, it sells it, it's great. It is one of the best scenes in that film. And that movie wouldn't be quite this, wouldn't hit the same emotional core if it didn't have it. 
in my movie, you could remove the Guardians of the Galaxy and you might get a slightly better movie because they're not doing anything of note. They're there to just be a bunch of dorks who look incompetent and have to wait for Thor to come save their ass. And he can't even do that right. Nothing about that scene is funny. Nothing about that scene is necessary. It could have been gone from the film and the film doesn't suffer. Whereas if I took this scene of we are Groot out of that film, you don't have the same emotion. That's why that one works and this one doesn't. It is just wholly unfunny and just goes to prove nobody else but James Gunn should kind of be handling these characters because they clearly don't know what the hell they're doing because he gets it. Taika Waititi does not. Unfunny. Terrible. Time. Okay. Uh, let's move over to Brandon for his one-minute closing when he starts talking. All right. You take your opening scene, your opening fight scene out of that movie. That movie stinks even more than it already does that that scene kicks the movie off right when you get guns and roses kicking and you're like yeah it's we're not talking about usage of the guardians we're, we're, so we're watching the scene you picked is thor kicking ass and it is effective in that my scene just doesn't work in in various viewings of it because we know what happened now that we know what happens it doesn't work as much you could take it out there's still plenty in that movie it doesn't need that emotional core. We get tons of the emotion later on in the Guardians movies. So this movie, it just it just draws it to a halt. It's just literally, literally it's in slow motion. It takes too long. And then it kind of just means nothing. Like, yeah, he made the sacrifice, but for what? He's back. So it just feels like we're being manipulated and being into like, you're going to be sad now because we're telling you, we are Groot. It's just, it's just grown fast. Time. Okay. Uh, I'll bring in the judges. Question. Yes. When somebody said something was their favorite movie, can I hold it against them? No. Because it isn't. Okay. Just like I can't hold it. Guardians 2 is my favorite, too. Well, you know what? We're on even slates because that's the worst fucking opinion of all time. Okay. Um, Straight up, that is your both of yours favorite MCU That is movie? the worst no, 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 take no. ever. It's not my favorite MCU movie, but my favorite oh. the Guardians. Okay. That's it's it's my favorite. That is also all right. Okay, okay. We're not here to talk about that. Yeah. So um oh I'm going first. Shit. Okay. Cat Stevens, come on. Every time. Oh, that's change easy. of characters altogether. Cody. They're not the same. Cody. Sorry. I already wrote down my answer. We're good. <laughs> I, I think you've had enough screen time yelling about Guardians 2 before. <laughs> I can um, do it some more. That's fair. Um, okay, I'm going to go first. Uh, this was very good. I enjoyed this. Um, and I think the point that brought it home for me was in Brandon's closing. Uh, he said it during the main argument as well, where he said... Um, the question is not worse use of the guardians or poor use or this director didn't know how to handle them. James Gunn should that whole thing. I thought that worked. That worked for me really well. And I thought that his just saying like Thor kicking ass and starting that movie off right is awesome. And it goes downhill from there. It is the best scene in the movie versus there are other emotional parts in guardians of the galaxy to cling on to when he talked about just the logic of the we are Groot scene, I tend to agree with that. And I thought that the, and Bill's only real argument against it was like, but it's the, it's emotional. And Brandon's like, well, it doesn't make any fucking sense. So like, I, I tend to agree. 
Uh, and I voted for Brandon because of that. So, Cody, where are you voting and why? So I've not seen Love and Thunder. So I went based on what everybody was talking. Um, I went with Bill. And the reason why I went with Bill is because I don't want what Brandon sold me as of why it doesn't work for him did not, I don't think work like selling overall. Like if it didn't work for him, it could have worked for me. I just don't think there was enough to say that why that scene is terrible besides Groot changing a word. Um, and I don't know if Bill's is actually worse or not. I haven't seen it, but there was really no real takedowns of either one to make it seem like majority of it. So that's what I had to make my decision on. I believe this is the first split of the whole match so far. So Brian, are we, uh, are we wrapping up or are we going to the bonus? Well, I object to this entire debate because um, you like I Thor. don't care what anyone says. I love Thor Love and Thunder. Still one of my favorite movies of the year. I don't care what you say. Um, but that is better than Guardians 2, guarantee. Um, I this is actually I think well, one of the better debates of the entire entire match. Um, I think Bill made a lot of good points about uh, how uh, his is the uh, how Brandon's was the emotional core of that movie and how you know so much so much rides on that thing hitting and how you know you can't really take that out of the movie because it's such an important scene. Um, Brandon was hitting on like T Tim mentioned about him talking about how uh, it's not about the best usage of the Guardians. Um, however, I think in, as Bill's pointing out in an opening scene, yes, this scene is about Thor kicking ass, but it's at the expense of the, but the guardians are part of that scene. And these are characters who have been shown as being capable before, but now suddenly they can't do anything. And Thor's just stepping all over them and they're just completely wasted. Um, I did end up voting for Bill. All right. Wow. Well, that means your winner moving on to the title match is Bill Cariola. Uh, so we're going to kick off post-match interviews. We're going to start with Brandon. Brandon, great job tonight. I think it took a while to, you, to get you to find your footing uh, in the first couple questions. But I think once you uh, got your mojo, you were, you were running for it. And uh, I thought you played very, very well. Uh, how are you feeling about the match? Yeah, I deserved, I deserved to lose this one. Um, I, I wasn't able I, – I, I should have watched his I, – I watched part of it. I should have watched more of his – like I, with his style, I wasn't able to get my – myself going really until that the last guardian i was when you said guardians was last i was like damn it because i was really kind of banking on that being one of my bread and butters to kind of get going so i wasn't mm -hmm. really able to like i was never really comfortable just the way he was able to work um and then you know just preparation wasn't able to get the preparation in i needed to um i, I kind of forgot you know it, it was just it was, it was my fault um so it just wasn't well prepared um but, you know, I'm glad I, I made it competitive near the end. Uh, it felt like it was an ass kicking um, and I was able to kind of run way back. So I, I feel a little bit better than I did if you asked me that for the first two questions. But, um, yeah, he's 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 just he, I'm usually one like pushing the pace or trying to at least and pushing people off their game. But he completely fucked me up on the first two questions. Like, not to be, be honest, like he, he messed me up bad on those first ones. That's fair. Uh, Brandon, I very much enjoyed having you in these last few matches. Uh, we're look, we're, we're going to be doing a tournament at the beginning of the season next year. Um, so is there anybody that you would like to play or are you just looking to get back in it? Um, I want bill again, eventually. 
So hopefully he beats Kirk and then I'll make my way back to him because I'm prepped now. I'm ready. We'll Ooh. do all Guardians questions. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Uh, Brandon, great job. Uh, we'll see you next season as we bring in Bill. Uh, Bill Cariola moving on to the, the final act, uh, the end year event to play Kirk in the title match. Bill, how are you feeling? It's like for real happening. Jesus Christ. It is. Um, I got to tell you, I was getting actually real nervous in the first two because I'm like, I, I, I'm not going to do this again, right? And I know I was getting in my own head a little bit. And then I was like, oh, my God, well, what the hell is going on? And then to get your ass kicked in your own category is a little humbling. So that brightened me up real quick. So uh, Brandon did fantastic. I, I know it doesn't show, but he definitely put me on the ropes a little bit. I was getting a little nervous there. But end of the day, me and Kirk, rest in peace, the Internet. Because that's going to be a lot of arguments. So, because good Lord, I cannot. He's going to kill me if I give him teen sex comedies from the 80s. I know it. But Oh, like, my God. Oh, oh my God. God. I just want to hear somebody argue the finer points of the fucking Porky's movies. That's all. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Holy shit. Do I do that? Am I that evil? I don't know. We'll find out. We will find out. Uh, Bill. Like we've talked about, you're going to play Kirk. You've mentioned it. We've talked about it. You've, you're scaring us with your potential, uh, your category choices. No, I'm going to come legit. Don't worry. I'm going to do like the with the gravity that it deserves. So fantastic. Do I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking it's forward nice to it. Though. Let's do it. <laughs> it is. It is always fun to see someone uh, new challenge for the belt, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what you're able to do in the title match. So mm -hmm. uh, we will see you uh, in a few weeks for that. Uh, but let's get final thoughts on this match tonight, starting with Cody. Yeah, I you can kind of tell, like, Brandon went with some strategies that I, uh, I think if he looks back on it, he probably wish he didn't make some of those moves. Um, Bill was able to capitalize and again, some of those tactics and stuff like that, speaking from somebody that had to play Kirk, those strategies that worked in the first three matches don't work very well in the title, so it's got to be a new game plan. I'm interested in whoever wins that. Obviously, I, I want to go back to the title match, but I think Bill versus Kirk may be like... I don't want to host that match, so I don't oh, want to have it. Well, yay! Um, <laughs> can't wait to be there! This is going to be fun! You guys are going to do great! It's probably going to be the three of us. Uh, Brian, uh, final thoughts of you. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think Brandon knew where, where he messed up in, in some of those earlier rounds. He couldn't find his footing, and, and it is a matter of momentum. Luckily, I mean, he came back in the round three and, and put up a fight in round four. Um, this time he didn't uh, win, but I think next time he'll learn from his mistakes and be able to probably come back with a stronger performance. Uh, as far as uh, Bill versus Kirk, uh, that's going to be a, a fun one to judge. Although I'm on strike, I refuse to judge until Tim has watched True Romance. So we'll have to prove that to me before I will judge. Okay, um, sure. can do. But I mean, I, I don't know about debate strategy, but as far as entertainment value from a viewer, I think Bill needs to pick the categories that'll piss Kirk off because that'll be fun to watch. All right. Uh, well, we are going to see that in a few weeks here at the final act. So I want to thank Brandon and Bill for uh, being here for, to play this one for us. Uh, thank you to Cody and Brian for judging this. We'll see you real soon with that next match. Have a great night. There we go. Thank you very much. Please come again. We have a lot more groceries.